The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments, and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast. I am your host and new grad physio founder and mentor uh, Andy Barker and I'm going to talk today around two reasons why rehab goes wrong. So there are usually two specific points in the the rehab journey when patients are are more likely to, to break down and by breaking down I'm talking of a reproduction of of pain um, a regression of their symptoms, losing range of movement, losing strength, all those types of things. And usually therapists get it wrong at these two stages, in short, because they've tried to progress a patient that is is not quite ready to progress. And most therapists do that unknowingly. Clearly, you wouldn't progress a patient or an athlete you're working with if you knew they were going to fail, but you do unknowingly progress them, often too quickly, not really understanding what you might have missed, ultimately resulting in pushing your patients too hard when they're not ready, which results in them regressing. It results in a reproduction of your patient's pain. It results in a patient or an athlete that then becomes frustrated. They become demotivated. They feel like they're going backwards, and they might even question if you have what it takes as a therapist to actually fix up their problem so when does it go wrong and why does it go wrong and what can you do to ensure this does not happen to yourself and and the work you're doing with your own patients so let's find out error number one focuses around progressing from the bed too early so specifically when you look at progressing your patient from the bed or floor-based exercises to standing rehab progression. So typically, and again, this is generalizing a little, but typically your early rehab and the work you do with your patients is typically going to focus around exercises maybe on the floor or on the bed if you're in, in the clinic. The reason we do this is we try and reduce the complexity of the, the tasks or the exercises that we're using, um, looking at, like, say, a lower limb 
for example, you might put a, a patient on their back, you're taking away gravity, you may be trying to isolate specific things on the bed based on what you're finding or what height you have you found during the, the patient assessment. But clearly we need to get our patients on their feet at some point. We need to get them into standing because most of what we do, thinking of running, walking, most movements in the gym, you know, sports, most people's occupations, what we do day to day requires us to and our patients to be on two feet, you know, not laid on our backs or laid on your side on a, on a physio bed, clearly. Now, I said this to a patient uh, just yesterday that I was working with in clinic, and, and what he'd done in the past with his rehab, and he, he'd done some really great rehab with a couple of previous physios for the problem that, that he had, uh, and he was almost a world beater with some of the exercises and some of the tests that we did on his back, on the bed, which is great, but what I said to him was, unfortunately, you could be as good as you are you know, with these tests on the bed, but this is not necessarily going to transfer to the exercises and the activities you're doing standing. He was really struggling, to give you a little bit of context, to get back running. And he basically failed two previous sort of rehab programs. And it was this transition from the bed to standing that had probably not been done as well as, as what we would like. Uh, and ultimately, he'd, he'd fallen foul of that and, and broken down a couple of times. Just thinking about that as a, as a rehab progression, it's a big step for a patient. It's a big step in terms of, of load on the body in taking a patient from the floor to standing based rehab. And, and it is often a step too far for some patients. So the really key thing here is that you've got a way of testing to ensure that your patient is ready to progress from the bed, from the floor and into standing based positions. In the membership, I teach something called motor output testing. It's a different way to look at, at testing muscles and how they're working, very different to traditional uh, manual muscle testing and different to the, you know, the Oxford type of grading that you, that you probably have been taught and you, and you might probably use at the moment. And, and the reason it's different is it includes both submaximal and maximal testing. But the crux of the motor output testing is to guide what we do and, and the therapists that I that I mentor and teach to guide what they do with their patients and rehab, particularly on the bed. So typically when we pick up problems with our motor output testing, we're looking for you know what particular sort of chains of movement are not doing what we would like. And typically and and also sorry, in what particular plane of movement, which is really, really important. Typically, in terms of rehab, we would generally start with some form of isometric type exercise and then progress as able. And as a general rule, we want to have restored full motor output in all three planes of movement before we get our patients up into standing. Because put simply, and again, this is so obvious and, and sounds so simple, and it is, if our patient can't move their joints well, if they can't activate activate the right muscle groups under low load conditions, i.e. on the bed, then they're certainly not going to be able to do that when we get them into standing. We get them into standing, the task complexity, the, the amount of work the body has to do, you, you, you're obviously then including the trunk and the upper limb and everything else going on. We're asking the body to work so much harder in standing-based you know, exercises and positions. So if they can't do these things well on the bed, 
laid in their back or laid in their side or whatever position they may be in a, in a relatively unloaded position, then they're not going to be able to do it when we get them into standing. So the, the question here, I guess, for, for you, thinking about your own practice is, do you use a test, any form of testing to know if your patient is ready to progress to standing? Error two focuses around not earning the right to return to higher level activities like running. So we've got a patient, you know, I'm sure you've had this before, the rehab seemingly gone really well, you've dampened down all their symptoms and pain, you've gone through a, a sort of graded progressive rehab, added some load, maybe had them in the gym, lifting weights, and you feel like they're ready, they've gone really well. You've given them the green light to start back, you know, it might be going back to work, it might be sport, it might be running, some form of higher level activity and everything seemingly has gone well up to that point until this point when their symptoms start to creep back so they might get through a few running sessions but a week or so after their achilles pain or knee pain or hip pain or back pain starts to, to creep back in some of your patients might break down a bit earlier you know even in that first running session they might get back full of confidence, they've done their you know, rehab exercises as part of their warm-up, they go out and run on the on the road after work and, and they break down. If this happens, quite simply, something has been missed during that sort of rehab process. The only probably caveat to that is that unless you've, unless that you've programmed or you've not educated your patient well and they've gone from not running for 10 weeks to the first run being a half marathon. Again, there's probably some loading implications for that. But in most cases, assuming they've not done something stupid like that, something's been missed during that rehab process. The most obvious thing to do here if this happens is to regress to the previous rehab step. So in the membership, I teach something called my six-step rehab planner. And in essence, it's the six steps that we need to take a patient or an athlete through to ensure that they've covered all bases and that we're going to be happy giving them the green light to go back to whatever it is they want to go back to. So that could be uh, elite sport. That could be, you know, going walking down to the shops. It might be just be weekend warrior types who, who like to, you know, run on a weekend or half marathon runners or, or park runners, whatever it may be. Step five is called our hop and land step. So it's the penultimate stage of the six-step rehab planner. And it's something at the step that we will use to take our patients or athletes that we're working with through a series of different hop and land progressions to ensure they are ready to return to something like running. If you think about running and break it down, think about the movements of running. Running is just a series of hops where you're going from your left leg to your right leg to your left leg and right leg and repeat and repeat and repeat. If we use hopping progressions and our hopping progressions well, we can be almost certain that our patient is going to go back to something like running and they're not going to break down. I taught this concept um, as part of a section of teaching um, just at the weekend, actually, on my course, Biomechanics and Strength and Conditioning for Therapy. So I run this course with... Ben Harper, who's the lead physio for GB Taekwondo. And we're actually over in Manchester at the GB Taekwondo Centre. And we had a whole bunch of different therapists, massage therapists, um, physios, sports therapists, sports rehabbers on the course. And a chunk of the teaching I did was around hop and land retraining, in essence, around plyometrics, 
about how we would program, how we would prescribe sets and reps. But the big teaching really was how we actually progress plyometrics, ensuring we're actually doing the right type of plyometrics, namely in the right plane of movement. And this relates all the way back to your your patient assessment. But then looking at how we might progress. And I actually got the candidates on the course to do a little task and then and then to actually come up with a easy, moderate, hard plyometric um, exercise, both in the sagittal plane, the frontal plane, and the transverse plane. The reason we need to progress within plyo so it's not just a case of you've done a few hops with your patient you've gone through your rehab done the gym based stuff added some load you've got them to do a few hops going forward okay you look great let's get let's start running because that's what happens a lot of times and that is often why why so many patients and athletes break down when they do then do when they do then progress to to running whether that's on a pitch a track um field out on the road whatever it may B. The beauty about the hops is, one, we can break down the movement of running. We can start them at pretty low levels, but we can progress them to the point where we can actually put more force through the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, the joints of the body that have previously been injured than actual running. So we know, for example, if we do some of our high-level hops, there might be 8, 10, sometimes more than that times the patient's body weight going through their their joints, their muscles, their tendons in terms of ground reaction forces. So we know, for example, if they could tol- if they can tolerate repeatedly eight times body weight, we know that they're going to be able to tolerate six to eight times body weight, which is the ground reaction forces going through the body during running. So that sounds, again, super simple. But again, unless you've actually taken a patient through a, I guess, a progressive hop and land program, and this is, again, not, doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, weeks and weeks and sessions after sessions of hopping and hopping, but you need to be able to, I guess, to give you the confidence and to be sure that they're actually ready to progress to something like running. You need to be able to see them. You need to be able to know that your patient can actually tolerate these types of loads because this is why so many patients break down when they go back to running. So I guess the big question, similar to to before, to ask yourself is, has your patient actually earned the right to start running? And if you can't answer that confidently with your patients or with your athletes, then your patient or athlete is probably not ready to go back to running. Because what you want to do, you need to have exposed your patient to the type of forces in the right planes of movement that they're going to be required to do when they start running. And if you've not done that, there's a fair chance that they will struggle and potentially break down. Having that sort of rehab planner and that six-step rehab planner or something similar that I spoke about allows you to do that because it allows something for you to to follow, almost a framework to, to guide your rehab, give you the confidence that your patients are ready to progress the next step. You might need to regress them at some points if they do have a flare-up of symptoms. And again, the, the rehab planner will allow you to do that where you would typically regress to the, to the last logical step. But again, it's all about building your clarity in what you're doing, your clinical reasoning, and ultimately giving you the confidence that you can that you can progress patients through a full treatment plan from A to B, from start, from their current injured state, and all the way back to uh, a full fitness 
return. So if you want to know more about my six-step rehab planner, or maybe you want to learn a little bit more about the motor output assessments and testing I mentioned earlier, maybe you want to learn a bit more about how to employ hop and land retraining, the most plyometric drills into your own patient rehab programs, or maybe you want to check out my biomechanics and SNC course for therapists for yourself. Regarding the course, the online version is available right now um, inside the members area of my new Grad Physio membership. You can watch it right away. And here you can also find all the teaching content on motor output testing, on hop and land, rehab prescription, sets and reps and planners to help you to do that, and everything else you need to know to assess, treat and rehab the patients or athletes you are working with. So to find out more about the membership and to apply to see if you might be suitable, head to newgradphysio.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, the five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time, avoid mistakes and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.